Apparently, we don't scare anymore. Now we're laugh power. Sorry about that. They're putting you two in charge. Just kidding. It's laughter we're after. We're gonna need to find a couple of hundred more funny monsters. Excuse me, Tyler Tuskman, official scarer. What? Scarer? You're no longer hiring scarers? Hey, scarers are out. Jokesters are in. Is this a joke? Report to Mift. <laughs> yeah! Home sweet home. Meet the new guy, Tyler Dustman. Hi. We were best buds in college. We just had that one class together. Yeah, but it was special. We didn't actually speak. Um, what exactly is MIFT? What is MIFT? Ah, uh, now you've done it. The Monsters, Inc. facilities team. M-I-F-T. If a machine needs maintenance, we maintain it now. None of us will ever speak at this again. Nobody saw nothing. Well, nobody saw nothing. <clears throat> I was told this is a temporary reassignment. Good for you. None of us mifters are going anywhere. I'll teach all you scary monsters how to be funny. I'm not sure this was such a good idea. They just delivered the new kids had an ID. Welcome to Monsters Incorporated. one and all to the podcast without a cool acronym the podcast where we review disney television animation shows i'm your host Chandler daroche and welcome to the second episode of pixar month where we're talking about pixar stuff so last week of course we talked about soul um this week we're talking about monsters at work which is a um sequel series slash kind of spinoff but not really because it still features the main characters and new characters as well of monsters inc and monsters university um so of course i'm Chandler daroche and joining me today is tyler green booga 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 micah hirsch hey guys chandler said he's gonna buy everybody churros after the show what i didn't say that (laughs) i never got to be that guy that guy (laughs) <laughs> and jonathan edward so what's up how's everybody doing hello um <laughs> uh, yeah so um i'm really excited to to watch this i haven't i haven't watched it yet it just dropped today oh, as we're recording this episodes? yeah we're gonna watch both okay all right yeah we're gonna watch both um because there's two i think i think after that they'll go to one a week but it's kind of like how wandavision dropped i think so we're basically just escape from vault disneying this yes hey i'm down yeah yeah exactly um so what is everyone here's connection to the monsters inc franchise the other monsters you can go first well you see 20 years ago there was a movie called monsters inc (laughs) <laughs> and i was a little kid and i saw it i think i was six at the time because it came out like in may or june or something i think uh or maybe it came out or maybe it came out later i don't remember um, it came i was six or seven when it came out um and then at disney they opened a monsters themed at disney world they they opened a monsters themed show and then they made a prequel called Monsters University. And also um, this opened before that and before the Monsters Inc. show at Disney World, but I didn't get to go on it till 2018. So I'm doing it in the order of which I experienced it. 
there is a monsters inc ride at disney's california adventure uh where the Mike ride that like of this. course had a bit of a rocky history because for a while that was the only dark ride in the park and it was originally of course one of the worst rides ever built the one oh, and only right. superstar limo <laughs> and one thing that i really find fascinating about superstar limo is how they reskinned a lot of the animatronics from that to be like the cda yeah agents and they cut off their heads and stuff yeah <laughs> and that what's interesting to me is that ride i rode that ride and when i rode it i was like this feels like this may have be the last of the more traditional dark rides because the little mermaid is different than what dark rides used to be like because used to be on like haunted mansion was an omni mover but the traditional dark rides like you would find in fantasy land were like separate cars that would move through scenes and there was a more intimate ness to it that i feel like uh, this ride has and may have been the last one of the last rides to have this kind of um experience with it yeah, yeah. i remember i think other than um tower of terror which i think was the first big attraction that i remember opening that i actually remember um being there when it opened uh, monsters inc when that reopened i remember doing like the pass holder preview for that yeah. Um, and then coming back later and how and seeing like an extraordinarily long line when it actually opened, which it never saw again. Like that is the longest line that attraction has probably ever had because it's kind I of just there now. Maybe forty minutes for it. Um, Every time I've been there, it's been like ten or fifteen minutes. When yeah, I, the last I couple times I went sure. to California, I remember there's a long out and back line outside before you get yeah. into the inside part, and there's lots of posters and stuff. But yeah, that ride feels like it's a throwback to the more fantasy land style, where it's like taking you through the movie, basically. Um, and I didn't even do it on my last couple trips to Disneyland because I'm like, there's so much other stuff. And I'm like, if I'm in Hollywood land, I'm going to go ride Mission Breakout. So I don't I know how both. much, I don't know <laughs> how I much longer been. for this world the, the Monsters Inc. ride at California Adventure is. You but... know they, about the ride that they kept that there kept being rumors that Hollywood Studios was going to get a roller coaster based on the door. Yeah, like a suspended door coaster. I still think that would be really fun. That rumor's been around for about as long as I've been in the Disney Parks fandom, which it's is a been long around for at time, least a decade. But, like, I'm genuinely amazed they haven't even done it yet. Like, it's literally right there. Probably the so good. They could build a whole park that's just roller coasters from their various movies. <laughs> and they have the technology to simulate going through doors. It could and have the, rooms the, the and Indiana Jones roller coaster. It could have the door coaster. It could have the Emperor's New Groove coasters. What other? It could have the Phineas and Ferb roller coaster. Yes. Um, what other roller coasters from Disney properties are there that haven't been turned into real roller coasters? Most of them. <laughs> I think well, yeah, Emperor's New them. Groove, of course. I th I think a Monsters Inc. door coaster would work really well with the. Uh, the Arthur ride technology that's recently been used in Jurassic yeah. World at Universal Beijing, where it's like an individual powered cars and you could send them off kind of one by one with maybe a moving load station or something. Yeah, something like that would be great. Do it. And then maybe if the Disney wanted to dip their toes into augmented reality, that's how you do the door effects to prevent also, maintenance on yeah, and those by the way, rides, speaking um, of also work as dark rides. So you have like the roller coaster part where you're moving fast, but you also have like show scenes and stuff that you can go through. They, by which the way, I we feel like knowing Disney, it would probably be the same show scenes that you get in Mike and Sonya the Rescue just on a roller, on a roller coaster. coaster. 
yeah. Finding Nemo and all the Finding Nemo rides, the, the ride is a different type of ride, but the scenes are the same. The scenes are all the same. It's recycled animation. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I don't speaking think of this coaster would work in Disney World because the scenes are the same as the scenes in, for the most part, are the same as the scenes in the Seas with Nemo and Friends. Right. Right. Tyler. Right. Yeah, sorry, I keep interrupting. Okay. So as I was going to say, we, we're talking about Monsters, Inc. in the parks. We should probably bring up the Monsters, Inc. ride and go seek in Tokyo Disneyland. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, a, too. that's a cute ride. They built like a... They built like a giant replica of the Monsters Inc. facility. Yeah, that one actually really cool. has a facade that's not just a bunch of cutouts. Yeah, it's actually like really from the... well fleshed out animatronics too. Yeah, like yeah. Molly, Boo, basically like Randall, an interactive, super high tech. Like the premise is the same, but the animatronics yeah. are all way more high tech, and there's interactiveness to it. It's like Isn't the usual Buzz of... Lightyear Men in Black rides, but they're still, it fun. still looks like a lot of fun. Isn't that kind of individual cars, though, too? Sort of like um, the the one at Disneyland? I believe so, yeah. I believe it's, the. I've watched videos of it. It's the same, it's, they're like, kind of like, look kind of like trams. Um, okay. And they go through all the, the same scenes, I think, except they add extra monsters and stuff that pop up when you flash lights at them and stuff. Yeah. So that's that. You know what that kind of reminds me of is the Lost Kingdom adventure at um, Legoland, which I absolutely love. So that sounds really fun. I, I pictured that could also be a, a a possibility for if they ever, which they never will, but if they ever did a Gravity Falls ride, it could be a ride where you use flashlights to. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, if they didn't, if they, if Disney didn't do Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor or didn't decide to well, go with the door coaster i would have settled i would have settled for like an american version of ride and go seek just fine honestly yeah. oh it's yeah it's a cute ride for what it's worth i like that's last floor even though i know it's not as it's not the most popular show in the world i mean <laughs> I, I think the biggest problem with laugh floor is that they haven't really updated it a whole lot which hopefully this gives them the reason to actually update it although as we're recording this it still has not reopened at all which is really weird because that's a show that you can do remotely and don't even have to have a cast member physically there if you just wanted to um, give whoever has the, the, the rig or uh -huh. like whoever is the performer, you know, you send, you send them the rig and get it set up at their studio or whatever. What's the deal with pick, these Pixar attractions and them having like suggestive acronyms? There's, there's Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, then there's Alien Swirling Saucers at Hollywood Studios. Did they put any thought into these? I don't know. I don't know why that is. Um, but Monsters Inc. Lab Floor, of course, uses the same technology as Turtle Talk with Crush, but on a bigger scale. And it actually replaced the, the Timekeeper attraction that was there. Yeah. And, gonna, they're going to retheme that. They're going to make a new Timekeeper attraction, but it's going to be the Timekeepers from Loki. <laughs> yes, of course. Except they can't do that in this timeline, because in this timeline, Universal still has the rights. But maybe at a different timeline. I have heard that if Monsters at Work does particularly well, that Monsters Inc. stuff for Hollywood Studios is still on the table, Ooh, potentially. Yeah. Like a some sort of mini land or a way to kind of tie it into um, Toy Story Land and kind of keep that. It's not that rumor the that they're going to turn Monsters Inc. Uh, not Monsters The Rock and Roller Coaster going to do a Monsters Inc. coaster, is it? <laughs> That I, would make no sense. I don't think that I think that ride's too intense for the demographic that would want to ride a 
monsters Inc. Yeah, uh, no, but I, I just kind of mean yeah. in, that, in that backstage yeah. area. You could so like where Munisburg is now. What? Where so like the old um, Pixar Place area where Munisburg is now? They turned that into Monstropolis. You you yeah you could do that or you could go just kind of in the area behind Sunset Boulevard and make it closer to someday they should also build a good Incredibles ride. Yeah, they should build a good Incredibles attraction of some sort. Again, speaking of attractions that have been rumored for years and didn't get made based on Pixar movies, a Kuka Arm attraction would have been perfect. Yeah. The only reason that didn't get made at the time, at least, I think Universal, I think it's expired now, but they had exclusive rights to use that kind of ride system. Which apparently, for some reason, doesn't include the sum of all thrills. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like Disney right before Harry Potter opened. I mean, it's kind of like Disney patenting the Omnimover and saying, no, only we can use it. Other parks just, you make their own version. (laughs) (laughs) It's just you, it's just someone being, it's just, it's just an underpaid cast member pushing you on a swivel chair. Because Kings Island has an Omnimover ride and they're not, they're not Disney. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's an Omnimover. Boo Blasters? Uh, yeah, Boo Blasters, which was originally something called Phantom Theater before it was Scooby Dooified and then Unscooby Dooified. I never rode that at um, at Kings Island or Carowinds because we didn't have enough time. Oh well, it's but, not. One, but if I get to go at, back, the one at Carowinds isn't an Omni Mover, but the one at Kings Island is an Omni Mover because mm. because it's a re theme of a ride that was there ages ago. That was an Omni Mover ride, that, and the basically the vehicles in the original ride were basically just doom buggies, yeah. but they painted them to look like mystery machines for the Scooby Doo theme, and then they painted them to just be these cars with like flames or something on it for the Blue Blaster. So as for my history with Monsters Inc., I actually did get to see the movie in theaters. I wanted to watch it before we got started on on this, but I kind of got a little sidetracked with editing and whatnot. So I'm gonna give it a watch after we watch Monsters, Inc. But from what I remember of it, it holds up pretty well, I think. And it's a very, very engaging story that Pixar, that we know Pixar is just so good at. It's got some of the best characters. It's got some of the some of the most memorable lines still. It, 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 I, it absolutely holds up. Using mainly spoons. Um, using mainly I, spoons. <laughs> I remember, I, I've actually technically seen Monsters Inc. twice because I in the theater twice I mean I see it multiple times not in the theater. I saw it when it first came out, but they also re-released it like a year or so before Monsters University came out in 3D and I saw it then too. So I've seen it in 3D. Nice. I kind of wish that they would bring that trend of of putting their movies in 3D back for re-releases. I want they never did Aladdin, and I always thought they were going. I thought they were going to do all the main Renaissance ones, but they did that. Hey, you know what other Pixar movies oh should get three D re releases? Luca and Soul. Luca and Soul, which were already converted to three D. <laughs> you, you watch. The I mean, credits. when it's three D animated, watch the credits. It says stereoscopic three D conversion, uh... and there's all these people who converted the movie into three D. There's a version of this movie that. Uh, for the time being, no one's able to see. Uh, unless you live in a country where they are putting in theaters. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I'm really surprised that it took them this long to actually do something with Monsters, Inc. as a TV show. 
Like no, it seems Disney, like it would be a perfect fit. I have a theory. Oh yeah. My theory is Lassiter. We <laughs> uh, haven't done a TV. Uh, yeah. Because he Bad notoriously, man. according to the writers of the show, anyways, and people who worked on a comic that tied into it. He hated uh, Buzz Lightyear's Star Command, so it's possible he vetoed the concept of any Pixar TV shows until after he had left. Um, I don't except, know for the, he, except for the car shorts that played ad nauseum you know, on Disney Channel those back are in the actually day. Made by Pixar, right? I think so. But yeah. we'll, we'll get to that later this week. Not this he, week. He doesn't but like we'll get idea, to that later this month. <laughs> he doesn't like the idea of other companies. Uh, he doesn't like outsourcing, basically. I don't think. Last well, well now he's been outsourced, so there we go. Hey, oh, <laughs> yeah, but just really quickly, uh, my history with the Monsters franchise I remember growing up with Monsters Inc. just as kind of like a household film and really loving it, watching it when it would show on Disney Channel and just seeing Monsters University in theaters and just really enjoying the characters and the stories that were told. And I actually rewatched uh, Monsters University and Monsters Inc. before Monsters at Work. and they both hold up really well. I think Monsters, Inc. is still the superior film, but Monsters University is probably my favorite Pixar sequel that's not a Toy Story movie. I think it's it hits its emotional core much better than Incredibles 2 or Finding Dory or any of Pixar's other sequels. Did come out I haven't same, seen... Ooh, go ahead. It did come out the same year that I actually started college. Ooh, yeah. That's pretty, that is pretty good timing, I gotta say. I haven't seen Monsters University, but I do know that there is a moral in it where, where spoilers, Mike doesn't finish college and he's not punished for it. The movie doesn't tell you that you are lesser for not, you know, following your dreams the way you wanted them to. And I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty good for a Pixar movie, I think. Which is great. Yeah, definitely. I not just for Pixar, but just college. in general. That's something more people need to hear is that you are not a failure if your dreams don't go your way. It's okay. I, I too have not finished college because I finished the class, the courses I wanted to, but the courses they needed me to require me to finish to get a degree were too um, stressful for me, my mental health to handle. Oh man, yeah, I I know all about that, man. I'm not gonna get into that here, but. I think I feel that. Uh, Monsters Inc. probably took, or not Monsters Inc., Monsters University probably took some cues from Inside Out with the countercultural lesson where Inside Out was you need sadness as a part of life. And Monsters I, University I is you're not always going to follow your dreams. Flip that. Make it. Oh, I don't know when, which order they were in production, but Monsters University came out before Inside Out. Yeah, because it, yes. it was Pixar's weird gap year where they didn't have anything it come was out. Right after Brave came out and everyone was like, ugh. Brave. <laughs> yeah, good. Good dinosaur was was something. No, good. Good dinosaur is my least favorite Pixar movie. Uh, Next to Cars to, Two, it's everyone's least favorite. It, yeah, but at least Cars Two is in, somewhat interesting, if, if even in a bad way. Like Good Dinosaur, yeah, is boring. <laughs> With Good Dinosaur, there's literally nothing going on. They committed the world, the greatest sin in all of uh, movies. They made dinosaurs boring. <laughs> how, do we, how, do we, how do we ruin dinosaurs? I know. Let's make them farmers. 
I dare I dare someone to go out in public and say, "Hey, I dare you to ask I dare you to name one of the characters from the Good Dinosaur." You'd probably get crickets. Oh, Arlo. That's the only <laughs> one I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, Arlo. That's yeah, he's the exception. Okay. Because his name was he like they announced his name like it was going to be a completely different movie at one point and my only issue with that is that they announced and revealed all the info about it and then changed it after they had already announced everything and the cast and everything. So I was think went in thinking Bill Hader was going to be in it, and then he was. And I was very disappointed. Yeah, we could have gotten Bill Hader in another Pixar movie. That would have been good, though. He was in Finding Dory. I think yeah. they made up for it by casting him in Finding Dory. He's a fish yeah, that's that I good. think is married to Kate McKinnon fish or something. <laughs> It's wild that we've had both Charlie and Sweet D in Pixar movies. <laughs> I would love to see how they're going to fit Mac and Dennis into one of them. Wait, actually, was Danny DeVito in a Pixar movie? No, he was in he was in a, an Illumination movie. He was yeah, in the Lorax. Yeah. Oh. He was in Hercules. And he was in whatever company made Animal Crackers. He was in that. I've, I've oh, that was things about Animal Crackers. No, I I, I talked with the with one of the directors. Um, mm -hmm. Because he also worked on, you know. <laughs> nice. Dan and Swampy wrote a song for Animal Crackers. They did. That's correct. <laughs> and it's sung by... Um, Sir Ian McKellen, yeah. the bad guy in that, I believe. Oh, my God. Yeah, they had Sir Ian McKellen do a song written by Dan and Swampy. And one of his Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried in a fuzzy pink bathrobe. Come on. Let's go let's solve, solve the mystery. mystery. Let's go solve the mystery. God bless you, Mike big bathrobe, and I'm wearing Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried's slippers. They look like my face, but you put your foot in it. Okay, well, really quick, my connection to the Monsters, Inc. franchise, it, like Jonathan, I basically grew up with it because it, it came out, when did it come out? Like, 2002? 2001. 2001. 2001. That's, that's something I, worth noting, too, is that this is coming out on the year of the 20th anniversary yeah. of Monsters, Inc. I, I'm very particular about movie release, release years. Yeah. I don't remember the date for all of them, but I often remember the year for many of them. And yeah, the 2001 November release. Because this came out the same year that Shrek came out and went up against Shrek, and of course Shrek won for the first ever um, best animated feature award i don't think I, I don't remember seeing it in theaters but that's also because i was four um you were but a i was yeah i was little and i was um little. but yeah, i Monsters do Inc. came out on november 2nd 2001 i thought it might be a november release but um it's will turn 20 in november hooray um and i do absolutely remember every time we watched um I forget which Pixar movie on DVD had like the the trailer for Monsters Inc. The but VHS the, had of Toy Story Two had a trailer for it. I think yeah, I think it was Toy Story Two, and it had the trailer where what the thing I really liked about the trailer was that it wasn't a scene from the movie. It didn't yeah, have anything from the movie. Remember when it was, Pixar did that? Yeah, they did that with Finding Me the first preview for Finding Nemo, which was attached to the Monsters Inc. DVD and the Incredibles preview. Yeah. We're all the Incredibles preview borrowed like one bit of footage from the movie, but the rest of it was all made up just for the trailer. They don't um, do a lot of that anymore, other than like sometimes they'll make like a, a shot that's like not used. Like I know there was a shot from Luca. 
the inside out trailer looked like it was going to be one of those things that wasn't in the movie but then it turned out it was a movie and it was one of the weaker scenes in the movie yeah yeah but luca there was a scene that they did that and was like yeah that was just a trailer disney, shot disney did that too but like their trailers were bad huh. and didn't tell you anything about what the movie was going to be like the first Frozen trailer didn't tell you anything about what the movie was about. Oh my god, the first Frozen trailer, I thought it looked like Ice Age. And the first oh, um, man. Utopia trailer was just like, it's a movie about anthropomorphism. That's all we're going to tell you. It's Chicken Little again, maybe. It's 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 for the it's for the furry community. That's what we're making it for. I remember when I was 13 and the all the marketing leading up to Monsters U, everything had this one shot from the movie of Sully using Mike as a disco ball for and a party. Haters in that movie too. And I thought, I thought that was just the funniest image, and it's not ever in the movie. No. That that never happens. Um, Isn't that I, I in the short? I was gonna say, doesn't that happen in the the sequel short? No, yeah, it actually doesn't happen in the short. It's, it's, no, it doesn't. Mm-mm. It's totally. I thought it happened in Party Central or whatever it's called. No, it doesn't. It's just totally unique to the trailer. Oh, and... well, I do remember Party Central has that scene where the the doors are. Yeah, Party Central is a fun short. It's much better than Mike's new car. But... Much better... <laughs> Mike's Honestly, new car. Better... Honestly, better than six Mike's wheel drive. Movie. Why? Why do I care? No, <laughs> well, if they so if they ever make a third a third in the new wave of Muppet movies, they have to put some sort of Pixar short before it because. The first two had a Pixar short. Hooray! <laughs> I mean, they they predicted Toy Story four. It's only fair game. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a Toy Story short before the twenty eleven one, and then there was a. Well, I movie. shouldn't say predicted. It was more so they challenged Disney to make Toy Story four. Pretty sure it was in production. <laughs> the line the and we're doing a sequel. It was in production yeah. at the same time, I think, but I don't know if they knew oh. that or not, or if that was just a joke. But I'm pretty sure it was announced like around the same year. It might have been in pre-production, maybe. Yeah. But Tom Hanks doesn't make the movies. That's not how it works. Yeah, I think it just it was... What does more rhyme with? Four. What's a movie that hasn't had a four yet that we... Toy Story 4! Well, it's a Disney. It has to be... It also has to be a movie made by Disney because that's what they're making fun of. Well, Godfather 3 is not a Disney movie, and no, they reference but, that. But, but while they wait... But the studio is Disney. The studio wants more. The studio yeah. wants more while they wait for Tom Hanks to make, to even make though Toy it's Story technically 4. not even the same studio. Yeah. With regards to Toy Story 4, I'm just saddened that they said that's the movie we're going to give more time in the melting pot and we're going to rush Incredibles 2 out because it shows an Incredibles 2 script. It's It needed five or six more drafts yeah it needed some more time i think I, I liked incredible too while they make for tom hanks to make toy story five i think um, uh I, this is kind of going into monsters at work um kind of before we watch it but the there's there's no um there's no Pixar logo with it because it's, it's not, not a Pixar yeah, production it's, it's, it's a exactly. television animation production which uh, why I think that they decided not to release it until after Lasseter. I don't know for sure, but I think I, I think that's a good theory. Lasseter, he didn't like the director of sequels, which yeah, a lot of people didn't like, but he like really didn't like them, like to the point of like firing every or like shutting down the company that made them, and like you'll never and, draw in this town again, and like saying 
we can never mention any of this stuff ever again. It's, you tell John Lasseter he'll never eat lunch in this town again. He's not from this town. And there's just, there's a, it's, 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 it's kind of interesting that that's what they decided to do. But the other thing that will be interesting is to see if this is a show that has a multiple season story planned, or if it's more like the MCU shows where they want this one season to function as the Monsters, Inc. sequel, mm-hmm. and then maybe the next story in the Monsters universe will be about something else, or another season of Monsters at Work. What's kind of the thought? They're going to make a Monsters, Inc. story. Well, I just oh, hope that man. this opens the door to, and oh my oh, god, that would be amazing. Open the um, door. I hope that this opens the door to more Pixar films getting spinoff series, because we're seeing that with um, other Disney movies. So it's only fair that Pixar gets a chance to do that too. But the, and is, the Disney movies, the new series that are coming out are actually made by the animation studio that makes the movies. Right. And I'll, I'll call this, but if Disney does decide to make another theatrical Monsters movie, it's not going to be Monsters, Inc. 2. It's going to be Monsters something else because to try and do a Monsters, Inc. 2 and also have people know about Monsters at Work would be far too confusing. Right. I think yeah. I think it'll be Monsters something, and that way the Monsters trilogy will be distinguished by each one having Monsters, Welcome Inc. Back. University. And... There's a university, there's a corporation. What other things are there and why? Right. Monsters, Monsters non-profit. Well, I mean, early drafts of Monsters University were Monsters Elementary. Uh, if you look at the deleted scenes, they're babies. They make the, her dreams come true. There's it's the line in uh in the first movie that's like, You've been jealous of my look since the fourth grade. And so the original opening to Monsters University yeah, was that. started with them in the fourth grade and then worked up and then Mike would move away and then they would reintroduce them in college, but they decided that that didn't work. Uh, nobody pays attention to these things. It's not like there's an entire forums or something where people will be picking at this or anything. No, not at all. Not at all. So, um, shall we go ahead and... about continuity whatsoever. <laughs> so, shall we go ahead and watch the, the first two episodes? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm probably yeah, going to do a drink first. No, not an alcoholic drink. All right. We will be right back after we watch Monsters at Work. Right here on the podcast without a cool acronym. Okay, so we just watched Monsters at Work, episodes one and two. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Strongly agreed. Also, wrench the nut. <laughs> wrench the nut. Wrench the, the nut. Wrench the nut. <laughs> it's just going to be us saying that for an hour. What happens when you devote your whole life to studying for a job that overnight just disappears? That's and that can't happen in real life the... or anything, right? Oh, definitely not. Uh, this was conceptualized by the legend 2D Disney animators. I was going to say, I, uh, it was already, I went to college for 2D animation after it was already <laughs> dead. So. It's only mostly dead. 
Um, so, so for what it's worth, I thought the I thought you know not just the show but the animation was really good. It did yeah. not feel like a knockoff studio at all. No, it, it literally felt like I was watching a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's like the very bare minimum of slightest difference, but it's not enough to. So really... The frame rate's a little bit off, but I can look I feel like past the, that. The color, yeah. something about the way it's colored or the texture or something is yeah. slightly different, but not but the like... the textures look great. I mean, you can see every every strand of fur uh, like on Sully. I think the I... difference is just that the lighting is less dynamic than it would be in a right. film. Yeah, yeah, which is understandable. There's a there's not as much budget. The TV animation is very impressive. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it looks great. Absolutely, I can't think a of a fun too. Yeah, I, I can't think of a 3D animated series that looks as as good as this. Honestly, we've this come a long way like from we we've come a long way from like Jimmy Neutron back in the day for sure. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron, the movie. If I remember, the movie wasn't that. <laughs> The CGI in the movie wasn't that great either. Yeah, it was still it was 2002 though. It was 2002 CGI that no, wasn't it was 2001. The same. It was. It went up against Monsters Inc. and Shrek. If if you watch film theory and and food theory, um, you might be familiar with the the whole secret level to the Grubhub ads where it's actually like a Jimmy Neutron spinoff uh, or sequel. I still make- just that just blows my mind. Well, I'll say this. This is not a Planet Sheen of a TV show. This is not Planet Sheen. No, it is good. <laughs> this is actually good. This is Planet Monsters. Yes. <laughs> so how should we, should we talk about the episodes one by one? Or should we like just do a full dive on both episodes? What's the thought? Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of, they, they, it's kind of, you know, they both, you know, feed into each other. They're it's one continuous story, obviously. Micah, to go Tyler. off of what you said, real quick, this is pretty much the Monsters Inc. equivalent of Community, I would say. Oh yeah, it kind of has that same vibe. About a guy named Tyler. That's me. <laughs> I gotta say, it's gonna take me some time to get used to hearing my name in a piece of media because, weirdly enough, I am just not used to that for some reason. Every time, in <laughs> every time my mom would watch Warehouse 13 and they would say my name, there's a, late, a woman in that show with my name, I would say what? I would think someone right. was talking to me. Even though I knew that she was watching the TV show where there was a character with my name, I would still react as if I thought someone was talking to me. Just All like, I'm going to say is who said no one told you life was going to be this way? Who's going to say? <laughs> did you... Did you did you have that problem with friends? All the time. I am so sorry. Every, oh, uh, like from friends. Yeah. <laughs> that, yes, fine. But I mean, it was like friends ever on in the same room and they said Chandler or something or other. And you're like, what? Oh, well, no, because we never really watched friends all that much. That's what's so funny is my, my parents didn't even really think about it. Because my it's first name's actually Matthew. I go by Chandler, which is my middle name. And Matthew Perry played Chandler on Friends, and someone else had pointed that out to them, and they're like, "Oh, that is." Oh yeah, it was a complete coincidence. But I also have a cousin named Rachel, so like. And. Yeah. Rachel is the one played by Jennifer Aniston, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The biggest Jonathan in media, I think, is Jonathan Byers from Stranger Things. That's the biggest one that I can think of. Jonathan. Jonathan. 
Johnny, Johnny, yes, Papa. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Jonathan Stewart. So let's get into the show, shall we? Yes. Yeah, so the show, of course, <laughs> opens at uh, Monsters University with um, Tyler Tussman, who is our um, main character throughout the series who we're going to be following. And uh, no, he's not green. He is not green. <laughs> um. He basically breaks the, the record in the simulator set previously by um, Sully, of course. James P. Sullivan. And okay, not, not to start poking holes immediately, but had he broken the record before or did he just break it at that moment and then he got the letter? Because Sully mentions that he, he heard about the breaking the record and that was why he sent the letter. But the way the show presents it is he broke the record at the very beginning and then the letter just came in. What do we think? I think the record had been broken by him previously and he just was able to do it again. So it turns out this show is a direct sequel. Professor Knight. As in, it literally kicks in straight after and we get to see the aftermath of what happened in between that and the final ending of that movie. But also, we have an acapella version of the original intro. And it mm-hmm. fucking slaps. It's oh so good. God. So, so fucking monster good. that work. <laughs> and they do a good job of replicating the intro animation from the, from the movie, too. It's yeah, it looks great. It looks like, yeah, it's more, more on par with, with similar to the intro music in the um, first movie, which is sort of almost like, I don't think it was, but it sort of looks like a flash animation type. Yeah, it kind of does. And then... But in uh, Monsters University, they made it 3D or something for some reason. And then this, it's 2D again. I think the intro is still 2D in Monsters U, but it was a totally different, like it was a very college, upbeat style tune. It just wasn't, it wasn't that same jazzy feel, oh, even I though it was still it was Randy like, Maybe it's the, cry- I thought some, like, I remember it being more 3D-ish looking then. It was definitely, it was definitely different. It was not. The, they didn't have the whole title in a different font, and then something hits it, and it turns to the no, title. It was with more the, with the stubborn M. It's a prequel, so. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, in the intro, they wrench the nut. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, these jokes will make... But so, yeah, it picks up directly after the end of Monsters, Inc. Um, and there's already... There's already power outages and everyone's like not sure what the heck is going on now because, you know, they've uh, they've obviously said, hey, we're going to switch to laugh power. But, you know, that's easier said than done when you've been doing something one way for years and suddenly you have to just switch overnight. It's not going to be a smooth transition. <laughs> and so and boy, was it not. Yeah. Tyler so, has to go like watch this. Monsters Inc. video. Well, so before that, before Tyler shows up, um, Roz calls uh, Mike and Sully to Water oh, yeah. News' office. Also, I, lo- I like how um, Celia's like, hey, we're finally going to go to Harryhausen's, and Mike's like, no, 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 they banned us for life. We can never <laughs> go back there. <laughs> Which, funny enough, I literally just found out at this moment that she's voiced by Jennifer Tilly. You didn't know that? Fuck did I not know that? Yeah, she's <laughs> I just assumed she was voiced by the uh, Playhouse Disney lady. I forget her name, but her name is Playhouse Disney lady. 
No, she voiced Mrs. Grotke from uh, Recess. We name-dropped her in the Bear in the Big Blue House episode we did. Shit. Um, basically, uh... Alice Mikey, Beasley, that's who it was. Mike yeah, and Shelly are put, are, are put in charge. It is, it is Tiffany herself, Jennifer Tilly. Yep. A.K.A. Madame Leota. I was going to say, and the Madame Leota from the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. But we... That's not kidding. And the, and the tone-deaf cow from Home on the Range. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will that say one interesting weird. thing that I noticed was, especially having watched Monsters, Inc. before this, was the main... One of the main reasons that Sully wanted to switch to laugh, especially towards the end of the film was the fact that he saw how scared Boo was of him. And he kind of like had this realization that like, oh wait, these humans that were staring, they have feelings and lives. And I kind of wish that they had brought up like that kind of ethical thought into, well, why don't we just keep scaring for a little bit until we can train some more comedic monsters just to keep the power on since you know we still have the scares right now. Because presumably the only reason to not do that would be because you know, Sully would feel bad continuing to do, yeah. to, you know, traumatize these children. Do, but what do you guys think about that? Do the screens have to be point. some children? Uh, no, they, I mean, they can be an adults too. Because you could get, you could set up something where the monsters that are used to scaring could scare people and they would have consent from the people if you just opened up like a haunted house thing. Yeah, they could open up a haunted That's house. Why, why has no one thought of that? I, I, I'm not sure how how canonical Monsters and Laugh Floor ultimately ends up being, but obviously they have the the tagline and everything from yeah, this. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's I think it's uh, as canonical as a theme park attraction can be. It's, I think it's about as canonical as Galaxy's Edge, where basically they're like, hey, we're going to put a door in the human world and have the humans come to us and watch our comedy show. But so they could, they could do the that. same thing for a haunted house if they really wanted to. Yeah, they it figured out that place, humans aren't... Monsters in Lapwar takes place after this, I think. I think it's a sequel to this. Yeah, this yeah. Lapwar takes place after this when they have. This is a prequel to Monsters in Lapwar, but they reference it. I think a couple of times. This is one for the slogan. There's one other. I feel like there's one other reference they it's make. Laughter or remember. after. I get. Yeah, I get the the strange feeling that the coming up with different slogans is just going to be a running joke throughout the season. Yeah. <laughs> I it mean might they. Be. It was only in the first episode they kind of settle on where it's after where laughter, laughter when that episode after ends. After. And it leads to a good use, joke man. in the second episode by uh, Duncan where he comes up with his own version of it and it's not as catchy. <laughs> it's laughter where after is the slogan they use in um, Laugh War. I'm wondering if they're ever going to bring the comedy detection agency in the common detection agency yeah i don't know that would be really interesting if they actually touched on the making of the laugh floor in the series that like could, that could be really fun thing. it could be good pro- cross promotion if they're i mean are they going to be reopening it sooner i have no idea as someone who literally works at tomorrowland i do not know Oh, I hope dear. they bring it back. I know I, that Stitch's Great Escape is currently being used as a break room, but Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor is kind of just sitting there. But nobody. Yeah, likes I remember Stitch's when Great that escape. was supposed like to be replaced by a, like a virtual reality Laugh thingamajigger. Yeah, that Good that never time. happened. It, it's wild because, uh, like, literally, I'll walk past there and the doors to one of the chambers are are, are just left wide open. They're, they're it's just sitting there. 
Stitch's great escape is in an alternate timeline with Mulan Stitch, clearly, because he calls himself Stitch before. And oh, I, I, I have a whole rant about that. But getting back on topic to Monsters, Inc. Yeah, you can um, just tell, like, the amount of care and effort they put into this show just from the references. Uh, you know, Mike saying, you know, when you cross this line, you know, it's it's fulfilling your dream. Like, that was kind of the thing in Monsters University that was, like, a, a visual thing was him stepping over the line. It's a great bridge. As well as like just the base, like the the monster cards. Those were another. Oh yeah, like I, that's right. I, I know in uh in Monsters U that was that was how they did the opening credits was monster cards in the end credits. Um, Great way to take two movies that one of them is very heavily influenced by the other, but the other one came before it, but it's set after it. I mean, it's it's set after it, but came before it, and bridging them to into yeah, a cohesive. I love I love stuff like this where it's like this is how you make it really feel cohesive by by just merging the two. Yeah, yeah um, there was a really good uh, there was a good pun I liked uh, the four years of training at Gouliard line. Gouliard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so at some point, um, Tyler has to watch like an orientation video thing, but. There's this monster character that keeps interrupting whenever they say scared to say left, and that character is voiced by um, Curtis Armstrong. Oh yeah, that's right. I I knew his voice was from somewhere. Youngster's not scared. No, that's not our revered <laughs> CEO anymore. Huh? He's getting huh. sent to the big house. Yeah, that's not our revered CEO anymore. Hmm. That's um, he is Mr. Malguaco in the Emperor's New School. He was Snot in American Dad. Yeah. Um, he was Booger and Revenge of the Nerds. Um, he was in that awful, uh, what's his name? The one that Huck Finn movie. Um, uh, yeah, that was, that Huck Finn movie was not good. But anyways. Um, so well, I recognized like, so, his voice right away. So someone else is um, with, um, Tyler, and they're trying to figure out like where to put him. And he's like, my parents bu- busted their butts running the hardware store. Your parents own a hardware store? Yeah. Perfect. Report to Mift. What, <laughs> what the heck is Mift? He was pretty Mift. Hey, and oh. that, of course, is the Monsters, Inc. facilities team. <laughs> and as he's trying to search for Mift, he runs into well, more more um val runs into into him val is um similar to i can't remember his name but one of the creatures from uh monsters you yes yeah val is the same kind of thing as art but but orange yeah but orange and she's like oh hey tyler remember me from, from intro to fear class in college no oh well i remember you he is voiced by um, someone who is already in another who is in a, another Pixar movie. She is voiced Lindsay by Colling. Colling. Oh yeah, that's right. Colling. And we got uh, we got Henry Winkler on this show too. I forget the yeah. name of the character he plays, but Prince. he plays the paper <laughs> guy with one eye. He sort of yes. becomes the father figure. No, the uncle figure. No, the, yeah, I forget the joke, but the the the. The aunt twice removed. The leader of Mif. The uncle divorce. Yeah, twice removed, who only shows up. And everybody else is like that. I don't have to explain that. 
but he was really cool. So you so kept in touch with him. And sometimes he just shows up out of the blue. <laughs> I mean, it's cool that they got Henry Winkler and something Pixar related for once. Yeah. Um, is, there so, like a, is there like a history with that? or I don't know. Is there? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh-huh. I just like, because he's been in Di- other Disney projects before. Well, yeah, he has. I just don't remember. I don't recall him being in any, uh, I don't recall him in being in any Pixar projects. There's a first time for everything. Which, by the way, they that's another thing, too. They kind of put Roz on a bus in this and replaced her with Rose. Roz's with... crazy sister. Roz's <laughs> crazy sister! Uh... And Mike's like, I'm having a horrible nightmare. <laughs> so not that I crazy. Kinda... I just wanted to make the joke. I kind of don't see the point in them replacing Roz with basically the same character i guess it's because if she was the head of the cda she's gonna be doing more important stuff now i'm hoping that they'll flesh out the character more to make her different yeah, yeah. so that it's not just roz's crazy sister because it's the but same so why even have roz there if you're just gonna say oh yeah here's the new character bye uh, i don't like know roz, but like with different makeup or without makeup or something uh, it's it's Roz without glasses. Yeah, uh, she has like a she has like a mohawk and lipstick. Yeah. Which what? sure, why not? What are the sure things? It's the same voice. Yeah, it's, it's the same voice. One of the things I mean that I found interesting was just I appreciate you know the dedication to the canon because obviously if Roz was leading this undercover agency and she was only there as an undercover position, it wouldn't make sense for her to keep working there. Um, right, but uh, so I, you know, I appreciate that about it. But the one thing I thought was when they're having that interaction where she's giving them leadership of Monsters Inc. Mike was like, he was like very rude in a way that felt like a little bit out of character. Like it made sense for him to make jokes about Roz when she was like, you know, the annoying person, you know, clamoring on him about the paperwork. But like, she she helped them essentially put water noose in jail and gave sully time to say goodbye to boo and is giving them a promotion and mike's just like you're ugly and and you're terrible (laughs) and now he's just and now he's just making fun of his sister who as far as we're concerned did nothing to him (laughs) other than just be related to the person he hates Exactly. So I don't know. I hope okay, I hope there's some not? sort of arc. I, I feel like there. that's one of those things where it's like you just kind of hold on to it because it's like, oh well, it's from the first movie. It's like, yeah, but do we need to do this again? Like, they be fine without it. There's enough to go have, on without it. They have a whole bit about uh, him being mean to Roz and the monster and, and milk. Um, that's true. Yeah. So I, I guess it really. It's, it's kind of funny because it's like, yeah, this is actually one of the few things where it's like, hey, this actually will probably come into play with the uh, attraction in both directions. I think I think the attraction will be influenced by this show, and th- this show might even show, you know, that, the, God, that they come up mean. with the idea for the attraction. Who knows? There's not enough crossovers between the attractions and the source material of the attractions. And I, Star Wars started doing it some. Yeah, Galaxy's um, Edge is really one of the only things where they've actually tried really hard to do that. And I like, I like that they'd be doing it with this because it makes sense. 
And the thing is, like, if there's like a few holes, no one's gonna mind. Yeah. But, like, just right. give the give the people like something, you know? Yeah. And there is precedent. I mean, in Star Wars Rebels, you have Star Tours acknowledged. So yeah, yeah, that's and true. In, and so uh, that oh, that one robot, that one droid mentions uh, Black Spire. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm just calling it now. They're gonna make so much merchandise based off of Rolo, like minions level merchandise. I mean, the I hope little, I'm wrong, but the little um, hamster thing. Yeah, the he's sort of like a little fuzzball with a singular eye and fangs. But he lives so in I a hamster guess, I guess he's ugly enough to be cute, but cute enough not to be ugly. Um, I, when he first said his name, I thought he said Frodo. <laughs> when they when they said his name was Rolo, my Put mind just went to the candy right away. <laughs> you could roll a Rolo to your pal. It's chocolate covered caramel. I'm rolling for Rolo. Um. Also, we have to talk about banana bread. Oh yeah, yes. that character. Voiced by D. Bradley Baker, the man himself. Just doing raspberries for two episodes straight. Hooray! And also, (laughs) every animal ever that isn't voiced by Frank Welker, just about, is voiced by D. Bradley Baker. (laughs) So, Banana Bread's thing is that he brings banana... Is that he brings... Is that he brings banana bread to everybody at MIFT. And they don't know his actual name until he... Spoiler alert. Moves up to the laugh floor. Yes. And he and just, what was his name again? It was... Uh, I think it was Winchester. Winchester, Winchester yes. Yeah, Winchester. Winchester. He, talk, he talks like that one fish in Spongebob, but without the English part. <laughs> yeah, I can't understand your accent. Except with that actual dialogue. All right, so who else do we have at Mift? Because this is a good opportunity to talk about some of the characters, I think. There's the douchey guy. (laughs) Duncan, yeah. Yeah, Duncan. Because he he thinks that Tyler is trying to steal his job from him. Or something, yeah. I guess guess it's because they want to add conflict to the character, but... Really, there's not much of a reason to do so. I, my first assumption was that they were going to make him the villain of the series, but he's sort of just the antagonist that doesn't do anything. I mean, we, we got Mike Wazowski's nemesis, Gary, later in the season. Oh, uh, so. yeah. <laughs> played by Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be fun. He's They're literally just blue Mike. The Mike Wazowski recolor. They're they're giving Mike Wazowski his very own Shadow the Hedgehog. You think they did that on purpose, or do you think they were really just like, oh, we need a new design for Mike's rival? Oh, just make him look just like Michael Blue. The way Disney advertised it was that I guess he was supposed to be sort of like a recurring character, but he's not even in these episodes yet. So I guess it's he hasn't been introduced yet. So like yeah, just like a one episode. So that brings up a good question with the one character who's like Art but orange. Do the monsters have species? That's a good point, universe? by the way. They actually do as far as the visual design, because I was watching a, a featurette on Monsters University, and so in order to populate 
this whole college campus with all the extras, they developed five primary species of monsters. And the, the specials on Disney Plus under Monsters University, you can see it's like uh, basically designing the monsters. But they talk about how there's there's five main types of monsters that they will just alter size, shape, color, fur pattern, skin pattern, everything. And that gave them most of the monsters. And then they also had a bunch of animators just work on one-off monsters. So like maybe one right. that has eight legs and a spine and an eye or something to kind of have, you know, visual flair. The Harry Winkler character looks kind of like a taper, a taper or taper. I can tell they casted Henry Winkler just because that character has one eye alone, which goddamn, that's some good stunt casting. <laughs> I will say, I, I don't think I found the Monsters, Inc. facilities team particularly endearing at this point. I think I'm definitely viewing it more through Tyler's eyes where, all right, you, you guys are being way too aggressively friendly. <laughs> yeah. Because they literally follow him when he sneaks out to the comedy sem seminar that Mike's hosting they follow him up just so they can give him a soda and which they you, pretty much Disney try to watch it for start, him. Dude, that should be Disney's echo cooler. Yeah. Cooler cooler. They should make a real <laughs> yeah, which, I guess it's supposed to taste bad. Because like so bad like what's bad to them is good to us. Man, I think that's a precedent set in the first movie when Mike asks Sully for like the the stink spray. He's like, "What do you got? Wet dog?" It's like, "Oh yeah, here, take the <laughs> yeah." The yeah, I wanted to mention this. Um, I just wrote in my notes, John Goodman. That's it. That's the tweet. Just John, John Goodman. Goodman. <laughs> also, so Tyler gets discouraged about his position with Myth, so he decides to sneak into the laugh slash scare floor. And try to make a kid laugh. It goes, it goes well. Make him laugh. <laughs> I, make you know, him I feel I felt so bad for that kid because that kid escapes into the monster world briefly, but arguably had it worse than Boo did because that kid's gonna need so much fucking therapy, man. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. the I'm surprised the Monsters Inc. world hasn't come up with like a men in black neuralizer, just be like you'd okay, think they would. At this point, yeah, because Tyler, he ends up scaring the kid more than he does making the kid laugh, oh. and the kid runs into the monster, and the kid runs into the laugh floor, which causes a whole bunch of chaos. Well, laugh so before that, flying everywhere, which amidst this really annoying annoying noise that kind of triggered my misophonia. We don't have the technology for neuralizers, so instead <laughs> we have to go use other methods to make sure the kids don't talk. Well, so it's basically just a progression of like things just getting worse and worse because it starts with Tyler just not being funny, but then he stands up and hits his head on the ceiling or his horns on the ceiling fan and the ceiling fan goes crashing out of the window into the car in the driveway below and uh, you can hear one of the parents be like, I think someone's trying to break into my car. He's like, oh, shit, shit. Uh, okay, goodbye. And, and it, it just... And he really and says shit. He, he didn't say that, but well, he you can tell he was thinking that. Let Tyler say shit. <laughs> yeah. um, but then he ends up scaring the kid, and the kid runs through, runs into the closet to hide. But you know, of course, that ends up just being out into the the, the laugh floor, and yeah, just everything goes horribly from there. 
<laughs> it would have been funny if they just played the music in the background of that. <laughs> and it sounds like Yakety Sax for some reason. <laughs> no, it's the yeah, bass boosted I, version. I so it wasn't supposed to be a funny scene, but that's why it would have been funny if they played that music. <laughs> but yeah, I feel bad not just for the kid. But also the family that has a damaged window, a damaged car, damaged a damaged ceiling. ceiling fan. And now they can't even explain why. So this is probably just going to raise a lot of questions about how monsters work in the human world. And the dad's just going to say, I know, I know. It was aliens. Aliens. Either that or they're just going to blame the child, wrongfully so. Because parents are idiots in this universe, I guess. I mean, sometimes parents are idiots in this universe. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. That is true. And then we get a nice scene with Sully, Mike, and Tyler where they're talking to him, and he thinks they're going to fire him, but he's not because Sully, because this is where we find out Sully recommended him initially. So it kind of ties into the message from Monster University where even if you mess up you still can try your best and things will still work out in your favor if you actually try exactly um, i also like that tyler's parents were supporting him and the time of change like and, yeah and sorry you can keep going no, you're good and like even though like his his mom was like he she was a little overbearing at the beginning it's like that's really cool that like he's not just like totally on his own. Like he's got his family behind him. Yeah, and his family mom, supports him. I think that's really great. Voiced by Aisha Taylor. Oh yeah, that's right. That was her. And um, I forgot the other thing I was gonna say. Um, I'll say if I, if it comes back to me, I'll say it. Um. Also, there also that turns into a there there become there turns we get a plot point where Mike realizes he wants to teach comedy to to the uh, to, uh, where he wants to teach comedy to the people at Monsters Incorporated which yeah Billy Crystal isn't the best authority on comedy right now I don't think mm. no but he's what they got so that kind of circles uh, back to the, the whole theme of everything it's like we're gonna, we're gonna do the best with what we have so we have two get. green characters in the <laughs> Pixar universe that are that that's okay sorry let me, let me start that so we have two green characters in the pixar universe that just so happen to be voiced by comedians who are terrible at their jobs <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, tim allen is buzz oh i didn't even think of buzz as green uh, i just remember oh his outfit right in all fairness no one wants to think of tim allen so and i don't blame you speaking of oh, the real community buzz. Every and time someone says the words last man standing, I just black out for 30 seconds. The real buzz is Patrick Warburg. Yeah. Spe- spe- uh, speaking of community, though, and this being like a, a monster's yeah. community, John Goodman was in community. Um, which yeah, he was. Which, which uh, kind of baffles me that people are always like, well, I can't focus on Mike and Sully because, you know, John That's Goodman and Billy Crystal are so expensive. Fall. It's like, John Goodman was on Community, and you know, obviously, if we're talking about so, how Billy Crystal's not the best, like, how expensive can they be to bring I back? Never watched the show, but I'm pretty sure Mad did a, a Monsters University Community mishmash parody. 
at one they point. Might have. I think I remember that. Also, um, like John Goodman can't be that expensive because they got oh, him no, to be in did. seasons two and three of the Emperor's New School. No, just kidding. There was no third season. <laughs> oh, the, oh yeah, well season two. Yeah. So he wasn't in season one. But for whatever yeah, reason, I was thinking right, he was in like two thirds of it. But yeah, no, he was just in season two. But, but season so they brought it back for season two. Season one. What? So it might as well be two. Season two of Emperor's New School is longer than season one, so it might as well be two seasons. That's probably why I was thinking that. Yeah. But yeah, they brought John. They brought John Goodman back for season two of Emperor's I'm New pretty School. Pretty sure so Disney like owns John be. Goodman. What? I'm pretty sure Disney just owns him. <laughs> no, maybe they still do. Maybe they just have him. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to go look if he's chained up under Monsters and Glass Floor somewhere. I mean, well, if he's, he's not um, doing, if he's not doing the Connors, if he's not doing the Connors just to spite Roseanne, it's gotta be just because he's so tied to Disney. He he was Baloo in the Jungle Book too. I yeah. assume he was gonna be O'Malley the Alley Cat in the Cancel the Aristocats two movie because who else will they cast? He's got a Disney Legend award. Which Rightfully so, would I add. Hmm? Can we talk about Roseanne for a second? I just Can think not. it's really funny that, okay, so the ending of the original Roseanne series was that um, Dan Connor like, had died, like, a while ago. And she's just like, yeah, no, I was kind of making a lot of that last season or so up. It's like, What? And then, uh, and then they turn around and do the the new Roseanne series. It's like, nope, he's still alive. That was all a lie. And then they do the Connors. It's like, well, now Roseanne's dead because fuck you, I guess. <laughs> like, like there's no consistency here. What is Which happening? You find out how the Connors really end? They were in purgatory the whole time. Yay! Well, so you know, well, at scene, least Dan can still have his beer at Epcot. The scene where Tyler. Being initiated in the mist, did it remind anyone else of the scene in Finding Nemo where the tank gang has him go through the ring of fire? Yes! Oh, oh my, my god, god totally! <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that initiation because this is where <laughs> we get into wrenching the nut, which they talk about nuts a lot in this episode. I was going to say, wrenching the nut, is that a double entendre? Yes! Ah man, yes it is. <laughs> it's wrenching weird that the the, the 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 wrenching the nut is one of the larger visual cues of the show from the opening credits. Oh, like God. that's that's the it's turning the nut. That's like part of the opening theme. So I'm guessing that will probably be okay. a visual motif throughout the season. But as long as he doesn't wrench like Mike's nuts or something, Ugh. don't make me think about monster nuts. Well, he only has one. Oh, okay. So yeah, we're getting into episode two, which is the episode where they officially initiate Tyler, but he's still unsure about whether or not he wants to do Mift. I don't have much to say because, again... We forgot to mention a character. Oh, (laughs) Oh, wait, what? We forgot about uh, Cutter. Yeah, Cutter. Who's the Um, crab? I forget who Cutter is voiced by, though. She's kind of just like... She's killed before and she will kill again. Yes. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, she's kind of the sort of the stern one of the group. Well, and her name is actually Catherine Stern. So there, there we go. She's stern. <laughs> oh, she's voiced by Alana Ubach from uh, Beekman's World. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, not Beekman's World. Uh, she was in Coco. 
Oh. She was Mama Imelda. Oh. A lot of uh, Pixar alumni from other Pixar stuff in the show. Yeah, there's a lot of good Pixar alumni because apparently John Ratzenberger is going to show up as the Yeti again at some point. And he's always the Yeti. He's another uh, problematic Pixar. So when is John Ratzenberger going to fix the Yeti on Expedition Everest? When he tears it down and he builds it. Gonna have to have John Ratzenberger voice in from now on. Well, then it would be do. Then at least it it would have an additional thing besides it just standing there. You would it would have a voice. Also, we're gonna talk about this next week, but for some reason, there's no John Ratzenberger cameo in Luca, and I'm not sure why. Um, the director said he wanted to start a new tradition of Peter Son cameoing in all the Pixar movies. Oh, okay. Who is Emil in Ratatouille and Chicho, I believe, in um luca kind of going back to um the how they're tying the first movie into the series the whole premise of ratzenberger's character was that he got banished presumably for tampering with mail um if monsters university is to be believed but they also mentioned that other banished monsters include um like the loch ness monster and you know, kind of all these monsters that we have rumored on Earth. All the cryptids. It'll be interesting to see if they actually bring back, like, all the monsters who have been banished, because presumably that's how the Yeti gets folded back into the mix. But I think that would be an interesting plot point is, all right, we got to bring back all the banished monsters. The monsters go to Scotland. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Monsters most wanted. That's just one thing, just a really quick aside. The thing with the Monsters franchise in general is so far we haven't really seen a whole lot more of this world other than like, you know, walking from the apartment to work. And that that's that's about it. We've seen the factory and we've seen the school. I, I'd love I'd love it if this show really gave us an opportunity to see a little bit more of what life is actually like in that world. Well, I guess we've seen like Harry Housens and stuff too, would but that's Mon- about it. Would Monsters Most Wanted be about uh, Gabriel Iglesias' character painting himself green? Or paint and painting Mike blue so that people think one is the other. <laughs> and he gives Mike a mole for some reason. <laughs> oh man, I hope it's so. not easy. There's gonna be a scene where he break. There's gonna be a scene where Gabriel Iglesias tries to make a kid laugh, but instead he just faints. <laughs> I'd watch it. And then another monster carries him out as he's a dead body. <laughs> it's going to be Sully. Sully yeah. carries him out like he's a dead body. <laughs> and for some reason, Ricky Gervais is involved. He's a monster. Well, I mean, in real life and yeah. on screen, yes. <laughs> and then Randall will be on a side quest with um, Ty Burrell. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> They're they're just gonna be. Are dick they gonna measuring. bring Randall back? Dick measuring contest, didn't he get banished to like reason. Florida or something? Wait, what? Didn't Randall got like ended up in Florida or, or Alabama or something or Louisiana or something, right? Yeah, he ended up in that classic Pixar trailer from A Bug's Life where he got taken down by the couple that lived. And he in thought he was an alligator. Do you think that he'll ever find his way back to the monster world and show up again in this? Nah. Oh, if he they probably can't, got he. If, if he didn't get beaten to death, I'm sure that I, animal control 
probably took him away at that point. If they so. can't get Steve Buscemi, JP Benu is also Steve Buscemi. He's Gator Nuggets by now. Boy, <laughs> mm. I think Rand- Randall is Gator Nuggets by now. I think it would be an interesting plot to explore if there was a human side to, if they've got like a second season, if the humans were starting to notice more of the banished monsters or something, like maybe an investigation started by Randall getting outcast and discovered or something along those lines. That could be an interesting plot for There's also season. a Toy Story crossover comic where Randall meets Sid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> So, do you guys want to go into the second episode, or? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we kind of got into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah we kind of got into it already. Uh, I don't so... really have too much to say about it, really. I mean, yeah, it's I kind did, of just I continuing did... from the first, where there's the whole initiation thing, yeah. and um, actually, the best part of the whole, the best thing about the whole episode is. Um, the the two janitor guys um, give well, Mike the best, the best part of the movie. <laughs> yes, the the two janitor guys give Mike an energy drink, and that goes exactly how you would expect. But yeah, I also there's like this, the pl- there's this weird like- shot where Mike where Mike's eyes go Violet. like completely bloodshot, and his pupil just distorts, and that just felt so off to me. Um, like, I would not expect Mike Wazowski to look like that. I love the part where Tyler's just moping around and janitors are like, oh, he's depressed. And he's like, oh, why? And, uh, and the other guy explains why. And he's like, oh, that's depressing. He's like, quiet. He can hear you all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it word for word. But they always are like, the one is screwing up and the other one's like, you're making him lose his concentration. Oh, sorry. Right? They, that's what they did in the movie or something. Um, but yeah, so um, Tyler goes to the comedy class and... I keep getting um, confused when you say Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. I gotta, I gotta leave. I gotta go to a comedy class. Hope you guys don't mind. You didn't tell us we had to do that. Okay, well, we're hey, gonna go I, with I you. Why not? We're, we're all gonna go with you. <laughs> so Mike is teaching how to be comedy. <laughs> yeah, and so then he's teaching um, the comedy class while hopped up on this energy drink. Yeah. He's like, no, and, <laughs> and here's the and here's this other monster to take the rest. And, and then, then and there's also this good joke body about monster comedy theory and how it's not a joke. Yeah, and Bon and, bon, and Bonnie Hunt monster me. comes in, who's also, but she was in Monsters Inc. Oh yeah, she was. But she also was later in another Pixar movie, so that's really interesting. How they wrote, how they bring in, and reuse people. Pixar alums. <laughs> whoop whoop. Um, but eventually, um, Mike is so hot off on the energy drink that he ignores the the safety warnings regarding the power outages that are resulting in the, the, the portals to the human world. He basically acts like one of those people at Disney World who does the thing, who breaks the rule. Please, like, please tell me Mike's not going to try to climb the Mexico Pavilion. <laughs> or the um, people who, who cro- no, that, no, because that's a di- that would be a different Pixar movie. <laughs> well, but he already is Spaceship Earth. 
Yeah, they, it's canon. <laughs> yeah, which that was horrifying. That was so strange. I, did I see that in person? No, they only did that for one night. Yeah, I think that was a press event, wasn't it? Yeah, sort of uh, like how they turned Spaceship Earth into the Death Star for absolutely no I reason. Was there around, I was there to, around the same time that they were doing that. I don't know yeah. that I think that I saw it, but... I think that was, like, before one of my trips to there, so, like... One of the like, things it happened, that... like, the week before. What other spherical objects and characters are there in the Disney world that they can turn Spaceship hmm. Earth into? That's a good point, actually. Yeah, you really got to think about that. BB-8. But he, they, how, where did the head come from? I don't know. <laughs> All right, so Jonathan, were you going to say something? Um, yeah, I was going to say one of the one of the interesting things um, that I thought about monsters at work that was different from the other monsters entries was the perspective. I feel like with Monsters Inc. It was very much Sully's perspective for a lot of the film. For Monsters University, it was very much Mike's perspective. And they run out of characters. So. And well, and then with Monsters at Work, it wants it wants to tell a story mostly from Tyler's perspective. But when the show starts, you have you know the scene where Mike and Sully are getting you know promoted, and they kind of have their own plot, and it wants you to kind of focus on them. Um, having their own journey. And I, I, I don't know if this scene was in the first or second episode, but there's a scene where um, Tyler, he, he like comes up to Mike and Sully or something and then they have a conversation. And it was, it was weird because it was like you were seeing Mike and Sully through Tyler's perspective. And it, it just felt very foreign because it's like, oh, we're, we're seeing Tyler's view of characters that we no, and this isn't their story. And it was just—it was just an interesting moment. I don't think it was necessarily bad, but it was just like, this is the scene, and Mike and Sully are not the focus of it. But and that was new. It's as a brave of Disney, and in fact, like a serious gamble for them to have a spinoff where the main character, the main character they're focusing on, where who's the center of the story, is a completely new character that made they made just for this. Right. Disney wouldn't, I don't think Disney would have done that like in, if this were made in like the 2000s or something. Overall, I think Tyler is a very endearing character. Yeah, like, absolutely. you can understand his perspective of why he's not getting into the whole thing with Myth because at times they are pretty annoying. I mean, it's him and Mika. Of course he's going to be. <laughs> yeah, and also it's just the whole thing about him trying to re-kajigger his life considering that the, the company he wanted to work for is figuring out their situation. It's all too relatable in the past year and a half. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I I'm, little... I'm fortunate that I've been able to, to hang on to my job more or less how it was, but like, that's not the case for my mom. She has to she she has to do something completely different now. It's, it's and it's not really what she had ever thought she would be doing. So I guess it's really interesting that this came out in the time that it did, because I think a lot of people are gonna really resonate with its core message. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to see yeah. Tyler's story. I'm excited to see, of course, more of Mike and Sully. I do have I do have one thing I want to say about them rescuing Mike. So is he just 
So when he's stuck in the portal between the human realm and the monster realm, is he just awkwardly sitting in this kid's room waiting for him to get out of limbo? That's the thing is, because the doors are obviously this whole roller coaster ride of insanity in the monster world. And we were talking earlier about how we wanted there to be a suspended door roller coaster. But yeah, yeah in the kid's room, it's just, he's just sitting there like. Oh. Uh, yeah, just uh, bear with me here, kid. I think he he did something to make the kid laugh because then the can is filled probably but when he comes out. also awkwardness is equally as funny. So it's like, and how do they save Mike? They wrench, wrench the nut. Uh, there's, there's a scene in this where a character says we're screwed. Yes. Yes. Someone said we're screwed. I'm like, whoa. Okay. They saw like, the opportunity get away with that in a, in a family show. As we said in our last episode, let the Pixar characters say fuck. Let Mike <laughs> Zelski say fuck. Yes. It's gonna be a hashtag of all the Pixar characters. Hashtag. Let Woody say fuck. Hashtag, let Nemo say fuck. <laughs> don't let Buzz say fuck. I no. I don't trust whatever context you'd say it in. No, but you can let Zerg say fuck. Oh, Zerg would absolutely let Zerg say fuck, you cowards. <laughs> Actually, let Zerg fuck. Well, can I mean, we mention that um that the first thing Mike did when he got the promotion was immediately give Celia a promotion. Yeah, uh, thinking, uh, yeah that was that, that was nice of them. We love nepotism. Yeah, <laughs> I love their relationship. It's very, it's very endearing. Yeah, they're so sweet. <laughs> and what else? What? Uh, and because she's been promoted, it means we get to see more of her in the series, yeah. which is good. Yes. <laughs> which because she was the not in Monsters University at all. Um, Zerg had to have presumably fucked, right? Because Bud Lightyear is so. Well, see, at least that was actually like there, as opposed to um, later deciding that I don't know. I lost it. I, I was I was gonna make fun of Rise of Skywalker, but I I lost yeah, no it. Worries. <laughs> no, the, this was making fun of um, the actual Empire. Right. And it was like, and for some reason, out making fun of the Empire in the '90s was hilarious, even though it was like over a decade old by that point. <laughs> but but like I think everyone... the, th the thing is, I, I remember seeing that scene before I actually like really sat down to watch Star Wars, and I just thought that scene was hilarious on its own as a kid. So <laughs> that shows like just every, how good it is. Everyone in the 90s and early 2000s was doing the I am your father joke reference. That's not true. That's impossible. No, just the, just the way that it was done in Toy Story 2, where it's like... Surrender, Buzz Lightyear. I have won. I'll never give in. You killed my father. No, Buzz. I am your father. No! I mean, at least it, it made like, sense because they were both spacemen. And then yeah. he goes, I'll give it that. He goes, you, you guys go on. I'm going to... I'm gonna That's play like catch it. with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <Yippee>! <laughs> and the cat's in the cradle oh, with a silver God. spoon. And you know what's funny? That in this sort of tying it back to spinoffs of Pixar shows and the Bud Lightyear series, 
so in the movie he's voiced by um andrew stanton or something um in the tv series he's voiced by the same guy who voices al in the movie wayne knight oh yeah also, he's also newman and dennis nedry and that guy from space jam I can't oh, believe God. I have to oh, drive all the, the way to work of, on a the Saturday. Peak of Night's career, Space Jam. All the way to work. All the way to work. <laughs> on a Saturday. The elephant in Tarzan, and I believe he was in Cat Scratch as well. I'm just yeah, looking forward to with this new series. I'm looking forward to many new Monsters Inc. memes to come out of it because there was a lot of them already. Do you think there's going to be any <laughs> Easter egg references to other Pixar universes? It wouldn't surprise me. Did you uh, notice the Winnie the Pooh plush in this one? Yes, oh, yeah, I noticed I that. that. The straight up product placement with that little kid. I didn't notice it was Because he has the Mickey shirt too. <laughs> but, which, but they, they yeah, still I have know, Which, yeah, I know Disney is owned by Pixar, but it's still. Pixar is owned by Pixar Disney. Pixar is owned by, owned by Disney. Pixar is owned by Disney. Yeah, my, my brain. Disney owns all. <laughs> No I know Pixar is owned by Disney, Disney, but it's still so weird to see a Disney property in a Pixar thing. This isn't related to Pixar, but I'm still mad that they aren't. Disney hasn't made free-eyed Mickey watches. The best thing to have oh, come man. out of Chicken Little. Or the Michael <laughs> Eisner watches. <laughs> um, there is, I mean, there is a Donald plush in uh, Luca. Oh yeah, that's right. Julia has a Donald plush, and actually, that uh, that's uh, that's especially appropriate because apparently Donald Duck is like even more popular than Mickey Mouse in Italy. Good. They also reference though this could just be because it's a public domain story that's set in Italy, um, Pinocchio, and it's not specifically the Disney version that they reference. It's just Pinocchio in um, Luca at one point. Like you see, see the book Pinocchio. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm Jimmy, and I'm kind of mad they don't have any copies of the Duck Avenger lying around. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one person I know that'll get that. Or maybe more. I don't know. Uh, Do you have anything else to add? Uh, I'm I'm good. Uh, Wrench the nut. Wrench the nut. (laughs) Wrench the nut. So obviously we've we've already talked quite a bit about the parks, so I think we're good on that. We don't need to do like a what's the attraction (laughs) we've kind of been doing that this whole episode we really have haven't we because it ties directly into monsters inc laugh floor and which is why i really it's really weird that on the day that this new series is coming out that is sitting there closed my what's the attraction is that i can finally be that guy yes Disney doesn't know how to greed properly. So, like, you know, having a tie-in for an attraction that's already there, actually having to bother to open it, nah. That's too much work for Disney. I, I, they don't I care honestly enough. don't know why, because it's not like they can't do the indoor theater shows anymore. They want to. That's what I'm saying. They can, they can do that. They can absolutely open it now. So, like, I don't know why it's not open. Wait, it's the yeah. same reason why we don't have a, the Gravity Falls art book, because somebody at Disney just said i don't care i guess i don't know it's just it, it just baffles me and I, again only, i work in tomorrowland and i have no idea what's going on Disney so only makes those kinds of things for stuff that ends in star or that starts with star or ends in arbel now yeah as alex hirsch said 
Yes. Right. But overall, this is a fun show, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, agreed. I'm definitely going to be tuning into this whenever I can. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, does anyone have anything they wish to plug? All right. Uh, so, you can find me on Twitter at TylerFG, Instagram at TylerFG96. I'm one of the hosts of the Channel KRT podcast, which is a, sh- which is a show that looks back on obscure nostalgic media. We're on Twitter at channel underscore KRT, Instagram at channel KRT podcast, all one word. We also have a Patreon with exclusive minisodes and outtakes. We're doing more of the outtakes because we're in the middle of a secret project that you guys will hear more about in the near future. So stay tuned for that. You can find me at The Second Dimension on YouTube, uh, trying to get videos out, video out every Saturday potentially uh, this month. So definitely stay tuned for that, talking about all different types of animation, hopefully the Monsters series at some point, and also on Twitter at PFMML News. Send him Lego Eda memes. Send me Lego Eda memes to review. <laughs> you, you can find me at my house, um, usually. You can also find me at Micah Hirsch on Twitter. That's Hirsch, H-I-R-S-H, no C. Um, there's also... I also host a podcast called The Emperor's New Podcast, where I talk about everything in the Emperor's New Group franchise, from the movies to the TV show to what little there is in the theme parks and beyond. Um, check that out. I also have a YouTube channel, Five Last Studios, where I make various animations, including the series Podcasts United, where I animate excerpts from various podcast shows, including sometimes this one. And I have a Patreon Fireblast Studios on Patreon, where if you pledge, you will get early access to videos and behind-the-scenes footage and more of my YouTube channel, uh, depending on which tier you pledge to. Uh, the bare minimum, you will get at least um, uh, day early uh, access to the videos. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I've got a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, on there, and I'm still planning on doing the Disney Springs video, but that's still a ways off. Especially since I'm going to be starting a new series of vlogs that are a combination of a vlog and a scripted video, and that, of course, is all about the road trip adventure I went on at the end of May and beginning of June, which is why this podcast went on hiatus. So you'll be able to see all of that soon-ish. I don't know exactly when it's going to start coming out. I'm still in the process of really working on actually getting everything together and editing it but once that is out it will be on my youtube channel starport 97 if you like this and want to hear more be sure to subscribe i'm on all the usual places google play spotify apple podcasts and i'm now available on iHeartRadio and audible leave us a review give us five stars and share us with your friends and be sure to join us next week as we head to the italian riviera for disney pixar's luca Comedy can be dangerous, my friends, I'll tell you what. When you make kids laugh and giggle, they could split a gut. With a chortle, they could crack up, so beware there is the chance. You can make a kid laugh so hard that they could pee their pants. Fall out of bed and hit their head while rolling on the floor. Their body shake, their sides will ache, they'll laugh until they're sore. There's a funny bone, a danger zone that someplace no one knows. If you hit that zone, hold the phone, cause milk shoots out their nose. Kids' body parts are fragile, so be careful not to scoff. Your funny joke can actually make their heads and butts fall off. Oh. Jokes and gags hit them hard with punchlines, so I've read. You can leave a kid in stitches or even knock him dead. Knock, knock. Who's there? Police. Police who? Police and this song.